thanks again for tuning in to another production of a jones production and um this segment we're just actually adding a couple bonus clips um, we just took these out of some previously recorded content um, we believe that this can help someone um, and it's just another way of getting some more information out there we didn't want to let uh, good stuff fall by the wayside so uh, just check them out and um just two short clips shouldn't be a total about maybe 10 or 11 minutes uh, my father was not in my life, you know, and this is a common theme in African-American kids uh, also. And I mean, in, in several kids, I mean, nowadays, that's just one of the nor the normality of society is you just having, you know, single mom households and the deadbeat father. In my case, that was the case, except mine's a little bit unique, uh, different, should I say, because uh, my father actually raped my mother um, when she was 13 years old. So, um, therefore, you know, having that, that structure to begin with, or the possibility of him, you know, at some point being in my life and then becoming a deadbeat was, was obviously not the case. He was just never there, period. In fact, you know, he, uh, I had, did confront him. I found out when I was, when I was 17 years old, I found out the truth. I thought that, um, one guy was my father that, uh, that was in and out of prison all my life. He was addicted to crack and he would get out of jail and he would be on parole or probation. I forget which one it was, but either way, he would end up back in there, you know, after, you know, being out in the streets for a couple weeks. And before you know it, he's just MIA again. And uh, this, you know, transpired over the, the course of my life. Also, I have a younger brother. Uh, he, he's about a year younger than me. So it transpired in his life as well. And he's actually his real biological father. But um, he's not my biological father. And I found that out when I was 17 years old um, through a heated argument um, that we had. And I did actually elaborate this in the book, uh, In a Dark Journey to His Glorious Light, A Look Into My uh, Salvation Journey. But just to dive into the details of what happened, you know, um, we were arguing and he, you know, just blurted out, you know, I ain't your dad anyway, you know, and dealing with 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 that situation you know I, I had a lot of anger obviously i was ready to you know kill somebody kill him kill whoever because he eventually told me you know what had happened you know he told me that you know my mother was raped but she was 13 years old by our grandfather's friend and and that that at that point that was just kind of it was mind-blowing until a 17 year old that you know and they really don't have a way to process that besides just wanting to, you know, explode, kill people, kill themselves and, and things of that nature. But with all that being said, you know, that's just the kind of like the the experience of, of my life. That's why I never really had a father. Even the father figure that I did have, you know, um, he he kind of taught me what not to do, <laughs> you know, and, and that's really kind of it. I mean, I've had other, you know, role models like my uncle, you know, my, my mother's brother that would come over and get us from time to time. And take us out to the suburbs or and let us hang out in his basement from time to time and watch some football and just talk to us about things and making sure that we're not out doing anything crazy um, but that's really about it you know but when you grow up like that without any type of father figure or anything like that it's easy for you to for one have identity issues but also for you to easily surrender your natural born rights so again I know we're talking about birthrights and, and that's one thing that I've this easy to abdicate and give up like i know last section we did talk about spiritual rights and then i'm going to also like i said play that clip 
that talks about how I advocated spiritual rights, listening to a pastor or teacher or whoever. Um, just because, like I said, when you never had that before, you don't know how to essentially live or be or, or um, have an identity and be comfortable with just claiming your own inheritance, claiming your own rights and being the person to say, okay, this is mine. This is my family. This is my wife. This is my kids. This is my house. This is my apartment. This is my car. This is me. This is how I do things. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to run with it. And if you got a problem with it, so be it. This is me. This is who I am. And the thing is, a lot of people, they turn to, you know, rap music and and uh, all types of other, you know, sources to try to build an identity in that. And I'm going to, obviously, I'm not going to dive into that right now because that's a whole nother discussion. And like I said, I'm writing a book on identity. It's going to deal with that as well in that book. But again, I just want to expound on and elaborate on the story, you know, that I had, you know, from obviously not having a father. But another aspect that I wanted to talk about is for the stay-at-home moms because I feel like people don't touch that touch on that a lot you know being a stay-at-home mom parent is a hard job it's like five jobs in one especially with like one like two or more kids I think or even well more than one kid I should say because you you're already at home all day then you know if your husband comes home for work you have to you know most cases you're the cook so you're making sure that dinner is ready your kids are fed they didn't have their bath they didn't cleaned up all of this long laundry list of stuff that seems to never end and I think sometimes marriages um, don't see that if that makes sense. The husbands or the other persons, right? Husbands, yes, because they oh, you stay at home, <laughs> you ain't gotta go nowhere. Um, yeah, but I gotta do the grocery shopping, I gotta make sure your kids don't destroy the house. I gotta, in some cases, I teach our sons, so we have to make sure we do school and we're not slacking on that. Uh, cooking dinner, all of these other things that you you run the household basically in a sense that you make sure everything is good at the house. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's hard. I know, man, it was hard for me to see that for a while because I'm thinking to myself like, man, you could just do whatever. I mean, but no, it's a job. It is definitely a job. I mean, it's it's harder, probably harder than my job, you know, real talk. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know how you deal with it. I mean, I, I you know, I know that this is going to be on our parenting segment, but I mean, it's stuff that I still got to work on, you know, with patience with, you know, our uh, newborn, you know, because I'll put them in this crib and let them have a crying session. You know, and I know there is a thing called crying it out, but we're going to talk about that later. But I'm talking about in a sense of, you know, from the marriage aspect because um, I feel like the marriage can get lost with you staying at home because you're tired. 
I mean, and your spouse might not understand why you're tired or a number of things. I mean, when you take a step back, this happens in every, in any, in any situation. You got people that escape, you know, to work and, and, and just in the busyness of life. You got people That's with, true. you know, four or five kids and, they, and their life just revolves around soccer games, baseball games, hockey games, dad at work till seven. Mom's running around like a chicken with her head cut off. <laughs> and before you know it, they probably have maybe an hour at the most of interaction, if that. I heard somebody said, I think it was at a meeting at work or something like that, but they said that some kid or some dad gave his son six seconds of actual time in, in a day. Like, that's, that's, that's crazy. Like, uh, un- undivided attention. Like, you got people that look at their phone and talk to people. But I'm talking about eye-to-eye contact. I'm looking in your eyes and I'm talking to you. They said that, they, that some kids only get six seconds a day of that type of time. And that's unfortunate. I think um, that you need to make sure that your whoever is the stay-at-home parent, that they get the recognition from time to time. <laughs> Somebody need to hear that. No, it, that's real. That's real. Because... I mean, I'm going to say this. It's, it's hard. I mean, she'll leave me at, at the house. She'll leave me here for an hour or two, get her, get her quick, go get her nails done. And I'm like, man, I don't know how she do this. I couldn't, I, I couldn't do it. You know, I, I couldn't. I mean, man, God help me. I don't need Jesus more than I've ever had. Obviously, more of me than, more than we ever need him. But, man, Jesus had to come down and sit next to me help me babysit these kids. So many interactions that should have been had, and that's that's sad. Well, I don't have anything else. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to a Jones production. We will see you on the flip side. Join us next week for a new episode. For more content, visit us at www.ajonesproduction.com Follow us on Instagram at a Jones Production LLC and like us on Facebook at a Jones Production. Mm-hmm.